0: Welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Son Edom. And I'm
1: Tara Shiro.
0: And Two Steps Ahead Podcast is basically just us sharing with you the shit we've stepped in so you don't have to, is kind of like what we like to think of it as. And um, one of the topics that is kind of interesting, and I'm kind of fascinated by it too, because I do teach at a community college, and so I have exposure to... Students of various ages, Mm -hmm. uh, whether they're straight out of high school, 18, 19, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're second career people because they've gone through a career and they've retired, or maybe they're in a midlife crisis and they think they want to do something else. So I privy to students of all ages. And one of the topics that keeps coming up is that of dating. Now, it doesn't come up in a like classroom setting, but in conversations, you know, before or after things like that, you hear people talking about, you know, people they date or people they like, or, you know, maybe you see it on social media, you know, in a relationship with or whatever, you know, and it's not official unless it's Facebook official, you know, stuff like that. So, (laughs) so one of the things that uh, is kind of interesting is, is the dating topic. Now, when you were going through the dating process,
1: Many moons ago. What
0: was that like for you? Awful. Why so?
1: (laughs) That was, so yeah, I've been married a long time. So uh, gosh, we've been together 29 years.
0: Okay, so- So
1: it was a long time ago. But at the time, so I was in my 20s. I was in high school, college, 20s. And it was painful, um, but not always. I mean, you know, there was fun and there was, you know- um, typically what it was is that the guys that I liked didn't like me and the guys that liked me, I didn't like them.
0: That makes for a bad That's, combination.
1: Yeah, right. It was a very bad combination. So, and I was just, you know, I was kind of insecure back then, so it didn't really go well, but.
0: See, um, I enjoyed dating. It was, uh, don't do much of it now, but it was fun because especially back in high school, when you think about high school, mm-hmm. it was kind of fun because my emphasis was always, if you go out and have a good time. Chances are the girl's gonna want to go back out with you because as long as you focus it right. on fun. Okay, if you got too serious, if it got too, mm-hmm. you know, because I knew then that I'm not marrying any of these people, and so we're probably all gonna go off to college someplace else. Mm-hmm. Probably never gonna see them again, mm-hmm. and then the advent of social media ruined that. And I see them all the time um, <laughs> with other people. You can unfriend no. them. <laughs> That'd be rude. No, but um, but so in this day and age, and, and so you bring up an interesting point. So this day and age, so you've got daughters. Okay, and so when it comes to the dating today, how have you seen it different from when you dated?
1: Yeah, I, well, I have a daughter and a son, and it's interesting because my daughter and her friends, they're not boy crazy. Okay. that I was definitely boy crazy, but they my husband's done a phenomenal uh, job with her in that department, and so she's not real needy in that. She's not boy crazy. She's not... She has, all through high school, her and her friends have gone out in these big groups and they've been guys, there's been girls, she's got tons of friends and um, she's always just gone out and, and, you know, kind of like these big groups and had a great time. Um, there are some, you know, places where um, where it's the thing, you know, you go on certain schools or whatever and it's the thing for people to be dating and, and for, you know, to be hooking up, but... I think it's. I don't know. I don't know that it's a whole lot different. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Do you think it is?
0: I think it's. I think it is different because it's moved a lot to online. And what I mean oh, by yeah. that. Uh, what I mean by that is, it's easy for people to just download an app, swipe right, swipe left, meet somebody, be based on how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, it's uh, more superficial that way. When you're originally getting to know somebody and it moves quick. Now, I've known a lot of people that have met online. I know a lot of people have gotten married from meeting online. Me too. So it's not a bad thing. It used to be taboo, remember? I mm-hmm. remember when I was working at a radio station in uh, Nebraska, uh, I worked with a guy, and then I moved out to L.A. to do L.A. radio, and he got married, and he was coming out to L.A. for his honeymoon to go on a cruise or something. So we were talking. And he was explaining how he met his wife, and then he finally confessed that he met her online. I'm like, dude, why don't you tell me you met her online? They're, he was telling me about their first date experience right? Like, and because right. it was so taboo then. And now it's like, no big deal. We have apps for it. But um, but I think also, too, it becomes impersonal. I think that um, what I mean by online, too, is that I see, I have a class where the guys come in and the first thing they do is get on their phone and they're playing some video game on their phone. Mm. So it's like, it's almost gotten to the point, too, where guys don't know how to be men mm-hmm. to date. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side, I don't know, but are women mature enough girls to be able to go out with a guy who would actually treat them with respect? You know, it's almost like we've gotten to a place in society just from eavesdropping on conversations and stuff where we don't know how to date. And we just kind of hook up, like you said, and we get together. I like you. You like me. Now we're together Mm -hmm. or that didn't work out. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a product, too, of. You know, I think at one time I did the research, the divorce rate was up over 50% and then commitment isn't there. You can bail out of it at any time. Um, And so I think it's just a unique and interesting time in the dating world because it's almost like anything can go and there's no ramifications and there's a lot of heartbreak. I've mentioned it before on a previous podcast. You know, I go to, went to a football game, USC football game, and they won a big game. It was a Friday night. They beat Utah. They only lost so far, Utah. And so everyone's going to go party and have a good time. And it made me think about how many lives are going to be shattered that night based on the relationship, based on love, based on sex, based on dating, you know, whatever. I like you, you like me, let's get it on. And so uh, I think that's become kind of problematic in a way because people don't know how to have a relationship and they don't know how to build the foundations for relationship. And I see people dating and then two weeks later, they're not. And there was somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. And it's just like a big whirlwind of, it's like a carousel, Mm merry-go-round from guy to guy to guy. And then also, also, I think sometimes it's hard for people to just be comfortable and confident being alone or, or being themselves, you know, being, it's okay. I'm not dating. I'm not going out on a Friday night. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows uh, confidence and maturity when it comes to it. But I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. And the reason why I I thought we could talk about it was because maybe you have a different perspective because I look at it and I'm like, okay, if I was college age today, social media, all that stuff, I mean, it would be difficult. Well, I guess it would be difficult, but yet easy because you could just go on an app, swipe right, swipe left. I remember in high school, we had to actually go up to girls and ask them. I remember one girl asked her out. I walked up to her and she was kind of a popular girl, cheerleader and all. And I walked up to her. I told my friends I was going to ask her out. And they're like, Really? I'm like, Yeah. They're like, How are you going to do it? I'm going to go talk to her. Like, (laughs) Oh, you don't want to give her like a check yes, check no box? I'm like, No, I'm going to go talk to her. So I walked up to her. I said, Hey, you know, would you like to go out with me on Friday night? And she looked at me. She goes, Well, you know, I'm going out with my friend, you know, her her girlfriend and this and this. And so she kind of hemmed and hot. So I knew the answer would be no. I said, Okay, that's fine. And so I took the rejection and I moved on. But I got street cred because I actually went up and talked with her. Whereas now you can send a text message. Hey, do you want to go out with me? Uh, you know, <laughs> Maybe maybe, maybe an Instagram. You know, Or, yeah. or what about the breakup? The, the all-time best line of a movie when it comes to breakup. I don't know if you saw the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No. At, okay. At the end of the movie, Buffy, which is Christy Swanson, she goes to prom or whatever it was, the big dance, and she was supposed to meet her boyfriend there, but the boyfriend ended up taking one of her friends. And he's like, "Didn't you get my message?" And she's like, "You broke up with my answering machine. <laughs> like the best thing ever." Now it's like we break up through text, through
1: text message, right?
0: Break up through Instagram messages. Right? Ask people out through text, Instagram messages, things like that. So it's just a unique world, and um, and I find it quite fascinating the the dating world today.
1: I would ha- I would hate to have to date today, honestly. It is what something that I thought that this just popped into my head, so hopefully it won't get us off track, but I didn't realize that I apparently um Santa Clarita is full of swingers, it has a really? huge swinger population, right? So, my friend, no, um, I'm moving next, right? <laughs> so, my friend, uh, she's in her 50s, she's divorced, and she said to me, um, she says, I had no idea that when I started to date someone that I needed to ask them right up front. Are you married? Because a lot of she was dating this guy and he was married and didn't say anything. And she didn't think to ask, like, who would be dating if you're married? And turns out he was. And he was a a swinger. And there's a huge population, apparently, in Santa Clarita. Anyway, that's a side. That's a
0: that's six, six, one area code, right?
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, mark that down crazy and i guess if you put your keys in a certain way at a certain restaurant on the table that that means you're a swinging couple and if you put your really pineapple upside down in the grocery cart or something that means that you're a swing i don't i've heard all these stories about how people find you know other wow. couples find each other so yeah the whole dating thing is just kind of crazy and then um the yeah so so another i'm sorry I'll, i'm my add is showing so here's another story. no that's good i like that yeah, I like I have the it. stories. <laughs> so this, I was at the gym one time several years ago, and I was in the co-ed section lifting weights, and these guys, there were three guys, um, right in front of you, putting your
0: keys out. <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure out, how do I put my keys a certain way? Am I putting okay, my keys it's a certain only way? Only us
1: it? and the camera. No. So yeah, yeah, no one's going to come by our table and pick no, you no, up as okay. a swinger. So I was lifting these weights and I'm listening to these three guys talk about this one guy's, you know, girlfriend and how he had to break up with her because she turned out to be a whack job. Hmm. Right. So and I don't remember what behavior she was exhibiting to have him come to this conclusion. But I couldn't help it. I finally said, dude, and they kind of didn't realize that I was listening. I said she didn't turn out to be a whack job she always was a whack job there were red flags that you either chose not to see or that you're not skilled at seeing or you chose to ignore them thinking that we're not going to be a big deal and now all of a sudden you got to get rid of her and they were laughing they were talking about how you know awful this girl was so i think you know when it comes to dating and relationships i think there are it it goes back to what is inside us personally and what it is that we're needing and what it is that we're wanting and that can cause us, if we are lonely, if we're not comfortable in our skin, depending on how many other relationships that we have that are benign, you know, male and female relationships, where we get some of our tank filled up from other people, um, that's going to depend on when we go into a dating relationship, if we can spot the red flags and we're confident enough to say, ooh, no, this is a I'm you know, going to not go forward. And a lot of people ignore the red flags because they don't have anything else. You know, they don't have any other friendships or relationships. Well, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And then it always is. Um, so I think that we're just not number one, I think we're not uh, comfortable enough on our own skin. And number two, we are not skilled at the red flags. And number three, when we do see them, we ignore them because we think they're not going to be that big of a deal. And then at some point we or And then number four, we, do, we, we cross boundaries. We either let our personal boundaries be crossed. We go too far when we maybe don't really want to, but we do it anyway. And then at some point, we turn around and like, how the heck did I get here? Like, why am I with this person? And then it's complicated to get out of it. Maybe we've already moved in together. I think we're just not skilled in.
0: So I think it goes back to the people skills. <laughs> right. We don't have people skills. We right. are, we're on our phone. We're sitting here on our phone and everything's on our phone. Uh, we don't have people skills to interact. Like I said, I would go up and talk to people, uh, ask girls out and there was like, what, you do that? Now it's all text message or Instagram or whatever. And I think that the people skills you start there with just mm-hmm. interpersonal skills of dealing with other people has become problematic and that leads to relationship issues which right. then leads to, like you said, all other kinds of issues. Right. So you've been married for a while. What or how or why has it worked? What would you constitute as, how is, how is it that you guys have been able, the divorce rate has been up, like I said, at one time when I researched it, it was up over 50%. Then there was the, the whole research of people not wanting to get married because mm-hmm. they just thought it was, you know, mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. And so anyways. Now so- it's,
1: and now it's kind of swinging back towards... People getting married,
0: swinging back in Santa Clarita. Are people getting married, or just <laughs> yes. swinging back in general. The
1: swingers are swinging back.
0: <laughs> so what? So what? So what? What was? What? How did you become so successful? What? A part of the relationship made you guys be successful all these years? I could imagine, or I would imagine, it hasn't been, you know, Prince Charming and Snow White the whole time.
1: Oh man, yet another topic that I did not want to talk about. <laughs> Um, we, yeah, we've been together, so we can, we've been together 29 years. We've been married 24 of those. We lived together for five years, um, paid for that dearly in our relationship, um, because living together first is just not the way to go. Um,
0: why, what happened? Like what would, what, what, what caused the issues that, because you eventually got married. So I guess my question is, this, you're living together. yeah It's bad. Now you're married, now it's good.
1: No, it was so. Not that simple. Not that simple. Okay. Not even that. This is why I'm wearing fur. So, for those of you on YouTube, can see the. Yes. <laughs> this is why I'm armed with fur tonight for this uh, podcast. So, when we got together, both of us were a mess. Both of us were really insecure. We, um, I can't believe I'm telling this story. I don't know. Um, so, we met at El Torito. Um, I had just driven into town from Ohio literally drove my little Toyota Tercel across the country, um, and took us, you know, four and a half days to get here. I didn't have, um, a place to live. My parents were already divorced at that point, And so there wasn't really a, a good place for either one of them and their living um, situations at the time. So I was looking for a room to rent. So we, uh, so I, we, the first, see i all tongue tied, um, drove into town. Second night I was there. We went into El Trito, my friend and I, and my husband and his friend were in there and they sent drinks over to our table. We, Classy. Yep. So we went over to thank them. Of course, we we're like, okay, let's go thank them and see who they are. So during the conversation, you know, it comes out that we literally just drove into town, you know, from Ohio and, um. I was looking for a room to rent and he says, Oh, well, I just recently bought this house and um, I'm looking for roommates, you know, to rent out the rooms. So I, a week later I moved in and I was his roommate. Um, About five months later, we started um, living together. I moved into his room and so that there wasn't really a, and we didn't really like each other. Um, when I first moved in, we were different personalities and, and kind of argued a little bit as roommates and then it went to the complete opposite. And so there wasn't a, wasn't really like a chase. There wasn't really a romance. There wasn't really a, um, we didn't have a fairy tale beginning. It kind of went from one extreme to the other. So it took a lot of learning during that time, getting to know each other. So then we fast forward, you know, we live together, we get married, um, Five years into it, then, you know, we started having kids right away, Um, several years down the road. This is the thing is that we never get away with anything. We think that we stuff um, our pain. We think that we stuff things that happen to us. And all it does is it grows tumors and it it festers and it grows up into these like wounds, right? And at some point in our life, whether it's five, 10, 15, 40, 50 years later, at some point in our lives, whatever it is that we have been stuffing is going to catch up with us. It always, it never not, if we haven't, if there's something that we haven't processed, it's going to come back and it's going to bite us at some point. And so I um, was really, struggling in, in the way that we got together. And I'm kind of editing what I'm saying right now, because I we, this is like a surprise uh, topic. I don't know if I have permission to share all this, but, um, so I might not share all of it, but I started struggling. And so we had, um, kind of a, we were arguing a lot, you know, during the daytime and then at night, um, all of a sudden I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. So that was bothering me. And because we didn't have like a proper um, dating, um, we just kind of went from one extreme to the other. I was just having a really hard time. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So we, ha- we really had to work through a lot of, um, we had to literally go back and kind of redo, like, how do you, how do you redo? You can't, you can't put the Cat back in the box, right? right, right.
0: It's out. <laughs> Once a, you can't unring a bell.
1: You can't unring a bell, right? It's done. So, and in full disclosure, um, neither one of us were virgins when we got together. So, I had a history that that I had not processed. I had, I had. So, we talk about dating, right? So, I was very insecure back then, and I um, allowed interactions to happen because I wanted to be loved because I was not feeling good about myself. And so someone, you know, wanted to, you know, love me. And I'm like, okay, so I wasn't feeling good about myself. And so then when I met my husband and we got together, I brought that with me and it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. Because I brought myself, so we were talking a couple podcasts ago about you know these like these hookups, like you know what's the big deal, and you know it is a big deal because we, you know I personally, um, I wasn't a whole person, and because I didn't take care of it. Now when you're in a marriage, you know you talk about you know how is it that you've been together for 29 years and now we're we're happy. Um, we took number one, divorce is not an option. And so if divorce is not an option, then there's the only thing to do is to fight for it. Right. Number two, you got to be for each other. And when issues like this come up, which we all have them, we all bring baggage into a marriage. We got to work together. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his issue. But now it's his responsibility because he he's my husband. And so it's his um, not his responsibility, like to take care of it, but his responsibility to help me with my issues. Because we're a team now. Right. And if we want to have a healthy marriage and be together, we got to work together as a team. And so, um, he was really good about it, about giving me, you know, some space for a while. We got some counseling and we kind of, um, went, um, I guess I have to tell you that part. Otherwise the story won't make sense. Um, so we literally like he was so good to me that that he said, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. And we took a break for like nine months in the same house. I mean, we're in the same house, same bedroom, but we took a break for nine months. And he honored, and I felt so treasured and so taken care of and so loved. And he was so good about it. So good about it. Like that to be healed so many wounds inside of me. And so when, during a marriage, like we can't be selfish. We can't have our own agenda, we're a team now, we're one. And we have to help each other out. And, and I had, you know, some serious issues that I needed to take care of. And he was good about it. And talk about being a man and putting, putting your other, you know, putting your spouse first and helping somebody, you know, heal and get that's what marriage is about. And a lot of times, you know, like we were talking about grief, like we don't, it's, it wasn't his fault. Right. And so why should he have to, you know, make these big sacrifices, but, um, that's what marriage is all about. And, and we have learned, um, we're still learning humility. We're still learning how to be humble. We're still learning how to, um, put ourselves, you know, second we just got into a big argument this morning before coffee like who like that's so dumb to argue before coffee because i
0: didn't think you did anything before coffee oh my
1: gosh i don't and so that's why i was like what is happening like i haven't even had my coffee and you're already yelling at me like so we're still working on it but it's it's the humility it's like okay this is not about me this is about us and we have to put us first and If you don't do that, then you can kiss it goodbye. I think, in my experience.
0: So when you guys started the the reprocess, because you never had like the dating thing. Because I'm of the opinion that this is how most relationships tend to go. Mm -hmm. You find somebody, you like them, they like you. You get all excited. You spend all this time together. You know, typically, you go out and you just doesn't matter what you do. You're together. You're together. You're together. Together. You're planning things. You're doing this. You're doing that. Then as the longer you're with them, you become more complacent. And now you're not planning the little special things anymore. You're not wanting to go out anymore. You're being at home if you're together or, you know. And then it eventually kind of fizzles into just complacency and everyday life.
1: That's the death of a relationship. Yes.
0: And, but that's how I see a lot of it goes. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I learned early on, especially, you know, and I don't know why I picked up on this, but I guess I just kind of was observant and saw how these other relationships go is to keep it going, you have to have those, Dates. You have to date, basically.
1: Absolutely.
0: You have to date. Absolutely. You have to have the surprise little things. Mm-hmm. You have to have the little gifts. You have to mm-hmm. have the. I remember I'd be times where, and um, I guess it was back in the, in now everything's so digital with music, but I used to like make tapes or CDs and I'd go put it on like the, the windshield of the car. And so Mm -hmm. when my, you know, girlfriend at the time or whatever would come out, she'd have a a tape or CD of music. (laughs) So cute. Okay. Or maybe what I would go do is I would steal some flowers from somebody's flower garden, (laughs) clip them off and go put them there or something, you know, whatever it was, it was like the little things. Yeah. And, um, which is probably lost on society because it seems like romance has gone too. But, um, but it was like keeping the little things. But then I remember on some relationships too, then you just become complacent. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? do, do? Mm-hmm. Instead of having a plan. And so it's almost like you have to, it's, it's we get complacent. We kind of get mundane and then it kind of fizzles. So it's like you come out of the starting gate, you should probably have that same zeal. Now life gets in the way, but you should probably have that same emotion, that same romance, that same feelings of wanting to be with somebody from like you were in the beginning at the end in order for it to work. I know, I know life comes in and things happen and you get kids and whatever and jobs and stuff like that. But it's like the newness wears off and then it doesn't become exciting anymore. And then I mean, like you said, okay, people obviously like each other enough or in love Mm -hmm. with each other enough to get married. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then at some point the relationship goes bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now they're arguing, they're fighting. What changed?
1: Well, there's I think what we we misunderstand. We went to a marriage conference one time and this um, I can't um, I can't remember the exact stages that he said, but I'll try and articulate it enough to understand is that he said that there are different stages in a marriage. So there's that initial lust period which is so wonderful everything is like happy and Mm -hmm. everybody feels good and and we're lusting after each other and that's a it's based on looks it's based on how they smell it's based on their smile it's based on all the physical features and you know the fun that that you have together in that initial stage that initial attraction then it moves into you know love and marriage and you know and the commitment part but then there's another stage where you where life kicks in. And it's not that, that lust stage anymore. But love at that point, I mean, at the beginning it does as well. But love is not, we get confused because love is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not an atmosphere. It's not an activity. Love is a choice. And we get lust and love confused. Love is a choice because if, if um, my husband, let's say, if he lost his job, right? Now I'm going to have to choose to love him through that. And, and there may not be romance during that, that time, or there may be, but there's going to be hardship there. There's going to be strain. There's going to be, you know, we have to pull together and, and figure out what we're going to do, you know, as a team. And that is love. Love is putting yourself um, second for the other person. Love not being a doormat, not having boundaries, but love is spelled G I V E give. And it's spelled sacrifice. And that's the part that we forget when we get past those initial romantic stages is that there's this other um, section of life. And then we we move through that and then it becomes, you know, into the retirement age and then there's a whole nother, you know. So we have this like idea that that love is going to be or marriage is going to be this constant romance and this constant Um, state of, you know, the way that we feel and, and it's not because our feelings and our emotions go up and down every day. Like I'm going through periomenopause right now and man, there are certain days where you should just not come near me because I'm going to poke your eyes out. So things, you know, our feelings and our emotions are up and down. We cannot trust our feelings. We cannot trust our emotions because we're selfish by nature that's when love becomes a choice. And that's, you know, getting up in the middle of the night and changing a diaper is a, is a choice, you know, getting, you know, taking care of an elderly um, parent, you know, and loving them through that. And there's all kinds of sacrifices that we have. And we, people get tripped up when they start having to make sacrifices for the other person. We don't think it's fair. We don't think that we should have to do that. And then there's this battle of the wills and there's this, well, he's not doing this and she's not doing that. And he's treating me this way. And, Um, we just have to put our, our selves aside and before the other person and before the team.
0: So how do you think in this kind of me first environment that we live in today? Kind of, kind of seems like society today has moved into like a me first mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody gets a trophy, everybody's successful, you know, it's okay if you fail, which is fine, but it's like, it's, things are, um, about me, you know, and if you're talking about relationship is about giving and about the other person, do you think the society, cause we've talked about influences too, you know, people influence decisions we make, people tell us what we should do. People, you know, give right. us that box again, if we can go back to that box. And it's like, we've got to decide for ourselves what we can and can't do what we should and shouldn't do. But it's almost like in this me first environment, does that make it harder? Do you think for relationships to
1: absolutely happen? Absolutely. It makes it harder for us to serve in a in a charity. It makes it hard for us to serve the homeless person. It makes us hard to, to sit with each other in grief like we talked about in the last episode. And it absolutely makes it harder in relationships because we think that we have to take care of us first. I have to protect myself and I have to get my needs met first. And that is the death of a relationship. Do we have personal needs? Yes. And, are, and should we meet the needs of the other person? Yes. But when we have this agreement between the two of us that we're going to be for each other. So I'm going to take care of you and you take care of me. So if my if I have my agenda that I'm going to be there for you and, and you have that same agenda, guess what? We're both taking care of it. I don't have to be so needy. I don't have to be so selfish and make sure that I get my my take and get my part. I don't have to be so controlling because we're both under this agreement that we're there to serve the other. And this is not... Um, like I said, it's not a doormat. It's not giving up your opinion. It's not giving up your voice. It's coming together and and working it out, knowing that I'm 50% of the relationship. So neither one of us has the controlling, uh, neither one of us is a controlling stockholder or stakeholder, however you say that. N- nobody has 51%. It's 50-50. And so there are times when I may not get my way. There are times when I may have to bend my will or my desire for the budget because we just don't have the money to do that. Or there may be times when um, you know something happens that I don't agree with, but um, I need to, depending on what it is, I might have to go along with it anyway. so but but I but going back to the romance part, I have to say that the more we talk about those things and the more that we communicate and the more that we're upfront with each other, the romance happens by itself. And we've been together for so long and, and we have better sex today than we did 29 years ago. Like it, it, the romance is still there. We're still, you know, longing for each other. We're, st- we still um, want each other. Like there's no, and that's the thing is that when we you know, when we're young and we're in our 20s and we're dating and we and seems like getting married, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's forever. I can't imagine being with one person. You know what? It is so amazing to be with one person because um, we know each other so well and we're supporting each other and we're there for each other. And it's a beautiful thing to be loved. It's a beautiful thing to give that kind of love and to have that kind of a partnership.
0: What about in this day and age of women empowerment? You mentioned it's 50-50. Sometimes you don't get your way. And then yet we have a society that pushes women, women empowerment, which isn't a bad thing. But women want to be in control. Women want to run the household. Women want to run the relationship. It's what I want to do. Here's just a small example. One time... <clears throat> I so was at a store, and I saw a lady walking toward the door, so I held the door open for her. And she stopped and said, I can get my own door. <laughs> So I slammed the door in her face and said, get the door. No, but it's, it's that type of thing. You know, it's, it's almost like the, the gentleman thing to do is now taboo and looked down upon mm-hmm. because the woman's empowered enough to open her own damn door. I was just trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you have that type of thing, how do you think that plays into the dating world where women want to be empowered? They want to be in control and they don't want to be that 50, 50, or maybe they don't understand that it's a 50, 50 thing and they want the guy to do things. Cause one of the things that was kind of interesting too, that I've been hearing about is that especially with older women that have been single and maybe single for a while, they get entrenched into their own lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They, maybe they go antiquing with the girls. Maybe they do wine weekends away. Maybe they do whatever they do. So they want a guy then to come and be with them You know, because they want the relationship, Mm -hmm. but they want the guy to come and do the wine weekends and do the antiquing. And the guy's like, screw that. I've got a football game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And so then they get upset. There's a big breakup or whatever because there's strife because the guy doesn't want to go antiquing or the wine country because of a football game or maybe it's just not of an interest. But yet, because of the empowerment of women, we need to do what women say. And therefore, if we don't, it's a problem and the relationship is over.
1: Okay. So if that's the kind of woman that you're dating, I give you permission to break up.
0: Is that right? (laughs)
1: That's just silly. I honestly. Like we just because you're in a relationship with someone, if you're dating them or you're married, doesn't mean that you're gonna have the same interests and it doesn't mean that, that, you know, I, I if the guy doesn't want to go in taking good heavens, why would you wanna invite him? Like that would be a wet sock, right? You can't I don't know. so no, we, and that's getting back to, you know, a conversation that we had before is that you have your friends that you go antiquing with and then you have your friends that you go have a beer with and then you have friends that you have deep conversations with and you have your friends that you watch football with. Like you can't expect your your mate, your spouse, the person that you're dating to fill all of those boxes. It's just not. And it's the same thing. Like if a guy's watching a football game, why are you trying to have a conversation with him when he's watching a football game? I don't understand that. Wait, it's, it's just it's just it's just silly. Yeah. So I think that that we, you know, we ex, we because we if we don't have enough friend groups or if we don't have enough people group, we expect the person that we're dating to fill all of the boxes and they can't. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. They have things that you do together, but then you have things that you do separate, and that's okay.
0: just want to be known that I am available for beer drinking. If anyone <laughs> needs a beer buddy, just hit me up. DM me Instagram. You're the, the friend that we Rocks. say,
1: hey, let's go have a beer. Yes. Let's, Son would be the guy.
0: I'm the one. The, I will go watch the football game with you. I will not go antiquing. I will not go to wine country.
1: Would you watch Ohio State football?
0: If they're playing Michigan and I'd root for Michigan.
1: Oh, you would not. Are you serious? (laughs) No, we cannot. We got to end this podcast right
0: now. Um, No, but it's just kind of fascinating the way that, you know, people, especially being older, you start to look at, you know, the dating pool out there and you start to look at the women out there and it's like they've been in, they've been um, in their life like their personal life has been a certain way for so long mm-hmm. that to make the change mm-hmm. to accommodate a relationship is almost like difficult for them to understand and give up because they don't want to.
1: You okay? So, whoa, whoa, whoa. so when we get into the ideal way to be in a relationship is that so so if if say we're strangers and and we're like meeting each other or whatever, the whole point of dating or the whole point is that I am so filled up within myself and within my relationships. And for me personally with God, um, I am so filled up that I am overflowing and now I'm going to give to you. That's, that's a healthy relationship, Right. right? right? So if I'm coming to you, let's say that I'm needy and I need to be validated. Right. And let's just say out of all the guys in the bar, you're the one that, that, validates me in the exact (laughs) way that I need to be validated. Right. Right. I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, this guy is like the greatest thing since sliced bread because you hit that button for me. Like I need to be validated. I need to be, you know, told whatever. And so you're good with words and, and you're like, Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so nice. And I'm thinking you're just the greatest thing ever because I'm needy in that area. Hmm. And, and, now I'm going to think that you're the one because you're hitting that exact need that I have. The thing is, is that you're not always going to be able to meet that need. All right. And so if I'm, if we're getting into relationships, say, like, oh, he makes me feel so good or he makes me or she, you know, makes me feel so good. Well, eventually they're not going to be able to do that because we all have our own stress that we go through. We have our jobs, we have our families, people get sick. There's all kinds of things that happen and, and we're not always able to provide that thing and so we can't expect our mate to be the one to fill us up we we have we should be filled within ourselves ideally that we're overflowing and we have extra to give and we're gonna and I'm gonna go I really want to we should walk into a relationship with the attitude I really want to love this person I really want to serve you know this person and serve doesn't mean you know wash their feet and you know, put on their robe when they walk in the door and hand them dinner. It doesn't mean that, but it means I'm going to be there for this person. And, and I want to help them be a better version of themselves. But we, the problem when it goes haywire is that we're so needy that it's like, okay, I got to get what I need. I got to get what I need. And then it's all about us again. And then if, then if you like say something stupid, then I'm like, oh, I can't believe he's such a jerk. And why would he say that? because I'm so void in myself that I'm expecting you to be like this person to make me feel better. So at that point, it's not about you. It's about me. We're in this relationship for me. <laughs> right.
0: and, yeah. and see, I see that a lot. I see that a lot where people are in a relationship self-serving. Yes. And, um, and that's just, and then you have those, it could be either, or mm-hmm. the the guy could be, you know, the softy. It's all, it's almost like this too. If you think about it, a lot of TV shows, have the frumpy fat dude and the strong will dominated wife. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like society accepts that. And, tr- and the women try to adopt, uh, adapt that, that they see on the small screen into their, into their life.
1: I, I, you know, that's one of the things that makes me so crazy is that the advertising, the TV shows, the movies, um, the kid shows, the parents are always the idiots in the commercials that we see on TV. The woman is always the one to figure it out. The guy's the idiot. Um, I don't know why we're emasculating our men. I don't get it. I don't know why women, we can be strong and, and men can be strong at the same time. I don't know why it has to be an either or or that we have to completely emasculate men um, in order to to be the strong one and to make ourselves feel better. I don't get that part of it. I understand where you know women were oppressed for many um, centuries. I get that part. I understand the history, like where it comes from but i don't understand why we have to go emasculate the men in order for us to come into our proper um position and it's such a common phrase like just that i was at a retreat a couple of weekends ago and it was a beautiful well organized they thought of everything and of course there's some women saying oh a woman must have done this because a man never would have thought about all this stuff I'm like why do we have to put the men down i don't understand that it's not right like it, it, we don't like it when, when women are put down so why are we putting the men down I don't I think it's a I don't feel insecure or less of a woman if the if I, I don't I don't have to put down the man in order to feel better about myself
0: so I know a guy kind of an interesting story he's <clears throat> he's dating somebody who's Spanish uh, from Mexico and they like to do and he's he's a white guy he doesn't speak Spanish And he likes to, or they like to go and experience Spanish culture, Mexican culture. Mm -hmm. So, they'll go places um, where the predominant language is Spanish. It could be locally, it could be in Mexico, whatever. But the girl, the woman, has to take charge because she's the one that speaks Mm. the language. And so, the guy doesn't. So, when they go to these places, it could be a restaurant or it could be, you know, whatever. She has to take charge because... She speaks the language mm-hmm. and he can't. And he loves that because that's a time where she can be I don't say the dominant one, but the one that's kind of in control, leading things, Mm -hmm. and then other times when they do just kind of regular things, you know, he could be the one in charge Mm -hmm. because you know, and it's and it's kind of an equal balance in a way from that perspective. Because when they do like the Mexican cultural stuff, she's the one leading it. When they do the other things, Mm -hmm. he's the one leading it, and he loves it because Mm -hmm. he thinks it's just the greatest thing. Because he he has comfort and well, first off, he trusts what she's going to do and say. You know, Mm -hmm. if this ordering food, you look on the menu; it's all in Spanish. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to get. You know, so she's ordering for him, um, talking. To the people, you know, stuff like that. And and he has trust and confidence, and he likes the fact that he can just rely on her mm-hmm. to do that, and he doesn't always have to be the one. But then on the flip side, she likes it because she likes him to be in control and the and, and be kind of like the dominant one, so to speak, in certain situations, because she doesn't want to always have to be that. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, there's kind of a give and take, but it's a little bit of a different give and take because culturally speaking, that's what they do and they kind of have to, mm-hmm. but they've gotten comfortable with it and they really like it because it is that give and take some, it's, it's, it's that 50, 50 that you were talking right. about.
1: And that and you mentioned trust and that's a, that's a big reason why that that relationship works the way that it does because they have a trust. They know that one is not trying to take over. One is not trying to be controlling and, and to ignore the other person's, you know, needs and desires they have this mutual trust that they're mutually taking care of each other and i think sometimes what happens is is that there are women who it always it, we kind of pay attention to the couples that get together there's someone who is wounded and then the then they end up finding or getting together with a rescuer someone who is a mm-hmm. who is a caretaker rescuer will always find the wounded one and vice versa and they'll be like this perfect you know matchup um or there some people are really talkative and some people are really quiet a lot of times those two will match up and also a woman who is aggressive a woman who is um kind of you know confident in her skin invariably finds um not invariably but i guess sometimes will find a man who is insecure and so he will be attracted to her because she is secure but then you know if they're together for very long it It gets kind of ugly because then it's like, well, she's just in control and then she won't let me be in control. And really what's going on there is that the man um, oftentimes, because they're coming into this relationship insecure, will give away their power. If there's a vacuum, it it could be the man or the woman. But if there's a relationship where there is a vacuum and the other person is not stepping up into their own 50 percent of the power, the other person's going to probably take over because there's a void there. And then you get this passive aggressive, like where the other one is angry that the other one's taking over. And it's like, well, so then what, if I don't take over, then the no decision is going to get made. Nothing is going to get done. And so counseling is an order. Right. <laughs> you got to get that figured out. But you know, ideally, you know, we, we deal with our baggage that we create in our twenties before we get married and then we come into the marriage, you know, healthy and whole so that we can, you know, serve each other. But man, in our 20s, we just do some things that are just, we think that are innocuous and it just, it it always, always comes back.
0: Okay. A little bit on the lighter side. Okay. People always ask, oh, what do you like to do, you know, for dates or whatever. And to me, it was always about the person you're with over what you really did. Like you could mm-hmm. be with somebody and you could just be sitting there Um, and doing nothing, and that's a great time. You could be sitting at the park, listening to music, and that's a great time.
1: A guy will go antiquing. If, if there's yes. a beautiful woman that he wants, I won't, he yes. will go, I'll, you're so full of it. I'll drink beer. If there, if there was a beautiful woman and you really, and she wanted to go, you would go in the beginning, you I mean, would, you beginning. would go, but, but you know, but after a while you put a stop
0: to it. Okay. So yeah. So it's about the person you're with, not necessarily what you do. True. And I remember there'd be times where I, and before I learned that. There'd be times we try to impress, you know, oh, I'm going to do this to impress or the fancy restaurant and, you know, the bouquet of flowers, which I'm a proponent for. You should always do something like, you know, flowers or something, you know, it's kind of fun, but there's people that like you, ha- you know, it's about the date, you mm-hmm. know, the date has to be this, it's well planned out. I remember in my younger days too, it was about planning the date and I had fun planning dates, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be creative. Okay, what's the next thing that would kind of be fun to do that we haven't done? What might be a little bit of a surprise? Uh, And then it was paying attention to detail, listening to conversations and picking up like, oh, she likes this. Okay, so I'm going to try to incorporate that into the date. Or she likes this kind of food, this kind of restaurant. And then other times it could be just sitting on the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it just kind of depends. But so for me, it was about who I'm with over really what we did, Mm -hmm. although what we do can be fun. So you try to plan things. But for you what could you share like a date or two that you remember that was just like off the hook and was like dude this was like so cool like fun dates or maybe not even that maybe just fun dates that you've been on that uh, were memorable that you know were just fun
1: I think that the dates that were uh, so my husband actually like you know we should always you were talking about we should always date our wives Um, the best dates I think are the ones what he surprised me and he would say, we're going on a trip or we're going somewhere. And I would say, well, I don't know what to pack. And he would say, well, just bring. And I would bring extra clothes than I needed because Five I wasn't Five suitcases. Sure. Yeah, because I'm like, "Is are we going to the beach? Are we going to the snow? Because in California, you could literally do both in the same day. So, you know, I don't know what to wear. Are we walking, heels, tennis shoes? But he would surprise me and there would be this like game, you know, you know, on the drive and, you know, when we get there and, and that would be the, I I think those are just the fun.
0: See, and again, it's, it's not necessarily what you did. No. It's about the process of it. The Mm -hmm. surprise, Mm -hmm. the fact that he thought about something, Mm -hmm. the fact that it's like he went out of his way to kind of create this uh, date, so to speak, or this trip that -hmm. you don't really know anything about. Um, And And he's
1: done it with restaurants. It could just be a simple restaurant, you know, date, you know, someplace that we've never been. He'll take me to, you know, to Beverly Hills or something or something way out of the way. Um, But it's a surprise. It's it's a you know, he like you said, it's the play. So it's the thought. It's the it's the that's the serve. That's the service part of love. That's that's the part where we're going to really be for the other person and to take the time to do something you know, fun and creative and yeah.
0: So there was this, um, date in high school. It was a first date and I decided that we would go to Carl's Jr. I forget why Carl's Jr. was the restaurant, but I think she liked it of something. And of course I was in high school and I didn't have any money. <laughs> so we go to Carl's Jr. I think the story was, I think the story was this. She told me a story one time where her grandparents, when they were first dating, back in the 1700s or whatever there was. You know, they didn't have any money. So they would go to like a McDonald's or something and they'd share a cheeseburger and a cup of coffee or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was they. So mm-hmm. I think that was kind of in my mind for planning this. But I wasn't a McDonald's fan. So we went to Carl's Jr. And so I had the boom box back in the day with the music and I had my <laughs> mixtape and I put that out <laughs> on the table. I had candles. I literally oh, brought out oh, candles at Carl's so Jr. Cute. But they came and made us extinguish them because it was a fire hazard. But <laughs> we got away with it for about 20 minutes. And so we had, that was my first date.
1: So cute. It
0: was uh, Carl's Jr. Uh, I think we each had a sprung so we could each have our own meal. <laughs> and then we had the candles and we had the music. And that was the first thing. And then we went miniature golfing. And I remember uh, it's the one, it was the one in North Hollywood that's not there anymore. And I remember one where there was a, a clover leaf was the, um, the hole. And I remember she said something at one time that she was Irish. And so I'm like, okay, first date. I'm going to go for it. Hey, so um, you're Irish, right? Yeah. Well, here's a clover leaf. Maybe if you give me a kiss, it'll be the luck of the Irish and you know, maybe good things will happen. So she gave me a little kiss. Hole in one. Boom, right there. Perfect date right there. Carl's Jr., candlelight, music. Hole that in one. That sounds
1: like a pretty good date honestly.
0: And so yeah. um, and so it was fun and and uh you know, and even to this day, for me, it was kind of memorable because not only was it the first day, but it was like it was like a fun thing, but it was something real simple. And then there's other times where you know you've planned out like big things. I mean, I've done things where I've you know rented limousines and you know done the fancy restaurants and stuff because I thought that's what it had to be. And don't get me wrong, that was great, mm-hmm. but it didn't last. You know, nothing. Get, you know, those relationships. And I'm like, I wish I had the money back. Right. Uh, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. But so sometimes it's just it's just not even you don't have to impress the person. It's just. Like I said, went back to having fun, mm-hmm. doing something fun, being creative, spontaneous. And guys, one of the things that I've learned over the years, if you can make the girl laugh, that's golden.
1: Absolutely, you can
0: make her laugh. Mm-hmm. That's it, and in, in, in a good way, you know. Like don't 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 be um, you know stupid about it, and and be purposeful. Try to make her laugh, but just naturally in conversation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. laughter is a great connection, and it provides a good you know chemistry there. So that'd be the one advice I'd say. If you can make a girl laugh, you've got her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and girls
0: if you can, drink beer. And you can drink
1: beer. It's yeah, you know, I think the most I, I'm I'm kind of like a I love deeper conversation. I'm not the kind of I I don't like um shallow, you know, right. conversation. So, any anyone that I can connect with, anyone that that we can carry on a conversation to me doesn't matter what we do, but if there's that that connection there and that heart-to-heart connection, then yeah,
0: hmm.
1: we could go to Carl Jr. be just as fun and
0: yeah, because there have been times where, like I said, just sitting on the beach, uh, not doing anything, a drive. Yeah. I remember there'd be times where on a Sunday afternoon when gas wasn't like five bucks a gallon, right. it was like just get in the car and go through PCH, listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. And then you stop along the way and you you know pick up a drive through or something. Um, other times it's just like, you know, there'd be times just kind of sitting on the front porch. Um, there'd be other times where just the simplest things turned out to be great because it was just the two of us together spending time and that mm-hmm. was the whole point it was like you said it was like even though it wasn't uh, serious serious but the, the committal of the 50-50 is being there spending time and a lot of times too that's all it takes is just the investment of time mm-hmm. and being there and a little creativity a little laughter a little you know spontaneity and um and and listening and, yeah and, and that's not, a big one
1: not a monologue you know you know some, some people don't come up for air you're like oh my gosh, I'm gonna poke my eyes out, right? So we can have that conversation, and you and you have somebody that is a listener, and they're gonna give you their heart and have the give and take and the back and forth. You know, those are the.
0: And then on the flip know. side, I must admit, I've had some great dates over beer. Over beer. over beer. Beer <laughs> is good. No, but it's just the time being there and the conversation and getting to know people. And that's one of the things that i always enjoyed over life, uh, throughout life, no matter who it is, is getting to know people, mm-hmm. like finding out about them, what, you know, their family's like, culture, history, you know, what makes them tick, you know, whatever. And like I said, it goes back to listening. And so, and, that, and that's to kind of bring it back to where we started in this day and age of dating the interpersonal skills that Mm -hmm. people have, I think that's becomes problematic and dating becomes that lustful thing. What can you do for me? Uh, I don't want to do that because that's not self-serving. And then you've got, you know, problems, I think. And at least that's kind of how I see. And there's also
1: the problem that when we, when we approach dating in a way that, um, you know, that we're needy in a certain area, we're not going to necessarily be real about who we are because we don't want to be rejected. But sometimes rejection, you know, or not being compatible with someone is a good thing because down the road at some point, we're gonna be like, oh my gosh, you know, why did I get in this relationship? Or she turned out to be a whack job or he turned out to be a nut. Um, if, we, if we're if we confident enough just to be who we are and let them be who we are and, and to not hide, that's also a really good way.
0: You have no problem with rejection. You know? <laughs>
1: You don't have to be serious like right off the bat on the first date. Yeah, don't ask all the serious questions on the first date. See if they're fun, see if they can have a conversation. Keep it light.
0: But see, that's why I like the story that I told about the guy I know that's dating the you know, the gal that with the with the cultural divide, the Mexican and English, because it's such a diverse Uh, relationship that they rely on each other because it's 50% in the Spanish world that he doesn't understand. It's 50% in the English world. She, she can speak English and understand it, but she's, you know, it's not the best. It's not her first language. And so they have to rely on each other to make it work Mm -hmm. when they go out and stuff. Now, you know, when they're together, uh, who knows, maybe he drinks tequila and she talks dirty (laughs) in Spanish. I don't know, but it's all, but you know, when they're together, it's a different, different dynamic, but, but they like that whole idea of having to depend on each other in those different environments and I asked, would you learn Spanish? She goes, ah, I'm trying to pick up a few things here and there. But he's not in a hurry to learn Spanish because he likes her to depend on her. Right. Just like she likes to depend on him, you know, when they're in the, uh, you know, in the other environment. And I think that's, I think yeah. that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Those are them. And those, that's really the the most successful relationship is when we can put ourselves aside when we're comfortable. Each person is comfortable in their own skin. When there's somebody that's insecure or both people that are insecure in the relationship, codependent, passive aggressive man, does it cause so much chaos and so much dysfunction and it's just not fun, you know? And so we, you know, life is just too short. We need to, um, you know, get counseling if we need to get whatever we need to do, you know, to, to get better because when you come together as a team, like it's just, there's nothing better, nothing better than, than working well with someone. Um, you know, in a 50 50 relationship.
0: So another thing I would say too, which is, is kind of a motto for life that I've learned is enjoy the ride. Yeah. A lot of people want to go first date bedroom. I, I get, I get, that, I get that dude. I get that. Uh-uh. I get that, <laughs> but it's enjoy the ride because you know, we've all heard it before. It could be your last first kiss. It could be your last first, whatever, mm-hmm. but enjoy the ride. Enjoy the experience. Don't, no, don't rush into something just because you want to rush into it. I remember, you know, we talked about this uh, a couple of podcasts ago with my career. I was so hurried to get to the big time of L.A. that I didn't enjoy my time in Iowa and Nebraska like I should have working in radio. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the ride of the relationship. Enjoy the first date. You know, Mm -hmm. treasure that moment. Enjoy the second date, you know, and however the process goes. And you should do that anything in life, but especially in the dating world, because you just never know what's going to happen. And so you should enjoy the ride, because like Aerosmith said, life's a journey, not a destination. Enjoy the ride. (laughs) And you'll have a lot more fun, I think, <laughs> the good and bad. There'll be some bumps, but, you know, yeah. I mean, because there's been a couple times I've been stung. And even I think back on him now, I'm like, oh, dude, that really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and still hurts. And I'm still, you know, don't have the complete closure mm-hmm. I wished I had. But- it's kind of still made me who I am today and kind of understand it Mm -hmm. and know that when I see them again, run the other way.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, I think the sex thing just complicates everything. It makes it so complicated. Like, um, I w I would do it completely different if I were in a dating position again, I would do it completely different. I would just be like, Nope, we're going to wait until we get married because it makes it because then you're forced to get to know each other on a deeper level and you're forced to commit to each other in a different way and you're forced to have discipline. You're forced to, um, be creative and have fun. And there's a lot of benefit from waiting because we just think it's like, we, we think it's like a, like a freedom, like a, you know, revolution that we can just, you know, do whatever we want. I actually think it's a trap. I think it's more putting yourself in, in bondage than it is. Um, sometimes literally people are in bondage but um in santa clarita apparently right, <laughs> right. exactly so but i think it, it puts you in a place put your keys away <laughs> it puts you in a place that that it 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 blurs the lines because it's like, oh, I've been intimate with this person and now we're closer than we really are. And like, so why isn't he talking to me or why isn't she, you know, doing this or why? And it's that daytime relationship that is suffering because there's so much emphasis on on the, the night part. And then you're not figuring out, you know, should I even really be with this person or do I want to be with this person? Because you're getting into a routine that is physical and and you're not solidifying like can we actually get along are we really on the same page and and when you we get into that sex part then it it takes that it's like it's kind of like okay well we're together now
0: Right, yeah. right,
1: and then and then there's these red flags that we don't deal with because, you know, we've seen each other naked, and so,
0: or you have that relationship, and then things go south quickly, and then you wonder was it because of the sex, or was it because she was just using me, or he was just using me, or, mm-hmm. or was it this, you know, was it a one night stand, or whatever the case may be, and then right. that just complicates everything and causes all kinds of issues and heartache and mm-hmm. and you know thoughts and stuff like that that you know it's like so why even go even well.
1: Yeah. And then it it also causes a lot of insecurity on the, on the female. I can't speak for the male, right. but on the female part, it causes a lot of insecurity. It's like, okay, we're doing all this stuff. So why isn't he asking me to marry him? Why, you know, we're living together. Why isn't he asking me to marry him? Like what, you know, so you're kind of, you're, you're getting the benefits of, of, you know, the full person without committing to the full person. And the heart is what's getting left out a lot Mm -hmm. of times because it's an easy way to be close to someone without actually giving your heart and being vulnerable, vulnerable and trustworthy and working on those core relationship um, traits that are going to carry you through the bankruptcy. They're going to carry you through, um, you know, having to take care of aging parents or kids that have mental illness or you know, physical disabilities, um, at that point it's your character that's that's really gonna decide if you can handle the storms of life and whether or not you're gonna get through it. And when you skip that part, when you when you get the you know, the sex first and you're not concentrating on really building that relationship, then man, when, when the storm hits, good luck if if that isn't all straightened out.
0: Remember, first comes love. Then comes marriage. <laughs> then comes the baby and, and the, the baby, baby carriage.
1: carriage. That's right. There you go. Any
0: final thoughts as we wrap things up here?
1: <laughs> the baby carriage just threw me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So um so for yeah, in the in the for people in their twenties, like get it ironed out, man, before you get married, before you get into a no figure out yourself. Be comfortable in your own skin. Don't go into a relationship needy. And drink beer. And drink beer.
0: <laughs> beer solves a lot of problems.
1: That's what you're going to leave them with.
0: No, I would and just drink say. Beer? No, I would just say, for guys, <laughs> in all honesty, respect the ladies, mm-hmm. because that's important. Be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Second of all, uh, ladies, respect the guy. Mm-hmm. We got to respect each other.
1: Don't emasculate him. Right. He's not Re- an idiot. Respect
0: each other. Don't ask him to go antiquing.
1: That's right. Nobody cares. And don't interrupt the football game. Don't
0: interrupt the football <laughs> game. Don't interrupt Ohio State. That's right. Um, but no, respect each other. Have fun. Don't rush it. Enjoy the ride, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you guys can figure out on your own how it, you know, what makes it work. But value yourself, too. If you're a guy and the, and the girl isn't valuing you, you know, kick it to the curb. Girls, if the guy isn't valuing you... Kick him to the curb. You yeah. know, you need to have self-respect, have self-value, self-worth. Mm-hmm. Make sure that, you know, it's the right situation. You can decide for yourself if the person's right or wrong for you. Don't um, ignore
1: the red flags. Yeah.
0: And, and then just Pay have fun. Enjoy, enjoy the ride. And I think that uh, would... Um,
1: that girls want to know that they're worthy. Guys want to know that they're worthy enough to slay the dragon for the girl. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where guys and girls are girls want to know that they're worthy enough to have the dragon slayed for them guys want to know if they're you know if they can slay the dragon so um that was kind of a (laughs) screech wasn't it (laughs)
0: all i want to know is a beer in the fridge (laughs) I'll go with that.
1: Maybe we should just go get the beer.
0: The beer in the fridge. Okay, pop it off. No, but but uh, again, two steps Head podcast is where we are. Again, we're just basically sharing life stuff because we've been there a little bit, and we just want to share the.
1: We've been in it.
0: Yes, we've we've stepped in it. We've stepped in it, and we don't want you to. Like we said, you know, we we're we're expressing or sharing the shit we've been through, so you don't have to. So you can decide for yourself uh, what works for you and what doesn't. Social media, uh, Instagram, the show podcast. Instagram is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My personal Instagram is Eidem Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S. And then we have uh, the email, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com.
1: And I am also on Instagram, Tara Hoke Shiro, T A R A. H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. You can also watch us on YouTube and all yep. of the major podcast yep, platforms. On, yep,
0: just go uh, Two Steps Head Podcast on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on uh, Apple Music, on iHeartMedia, all the iTunes. stops, iTunes and uh, and YouTube as well when we get the, got the video coming. And so uh, just check us out. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and we'll see you next time. Thanks guys. Take care.